Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory brings the newest installment of the Connect 40 series entitled Faith in Action. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. So today we'll continue, and we're going to talk about faith in action. Today is week five, or starts off week five, and we're going to talk about faith in action. If you're a first-time visitor, all of these notes are in the Linked Up Church app, as well as the YouVersion Bible app, Uh, and so I want to encourage you to follow along. I'll give you more than what's in the notes, and of course, the Holy Spirit will give you even more than that. So I want to encourage you to take notes and write down things that he shares with you as we go through the message. So let's look at our introduction. It says, when we as believers who have faith experience troubles of various kinds, our faith is being tested. So the key there, we're not being tested. What we believe is being tested. And sometimes we take things personal and we, you know, we want to get back at people, but it's really not people. It's really the enemy that is coming after what we believe, and he's using people. So we find ourselves in the action of spiritual warfare, and we overcome all of our troubles by the faith that God has given us. And so let's read an opening text here in James chapter 1. Uh, We'll begin reading at verse 2, and I'll read out of the Passion Translation. We'll read verses 2 through 4, and it says, my fellow believers. And what I love about that, James is not putting, James is a pastor, but he's not putting himself above the people. He's putting himself with the people, and he says, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, and sometimes that happens in life, you know, where it comes in waves, where it seems like we get hit and we get hit, and then we get hit again. Is anyone in a situation like that right now where it's just you're in, like, just multiple difficulties? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're challenged like that. Look around the room so you can see. You know, we've all been there. We've all gone through that. But the Word of God is going to give us some insight uh, for us when we go through times like this. He says, my fellow believers, when it seems as though, key word there, key phrase there is what? Seems as though. How many know everything always seems much worse than what it actually is? Right? You ever got to the end of something and said, man, why did I stress out go through all of that? Anybody ever done that before? Right? A lot of times when we do that, it's because we're focused on the wrong things. And so he says here, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties. Now, again, listen to this language. See it as an invaluable opportunity. Now, most of us don't see difficulties as an opportunity, but God says, see it as an invaluable opportunity. Now, something that's invaluable means it has a lot of worth to it. So he says, when you face difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity. Watch this, to experience the greatest joy that you can. Now, something about that in our human lives just doesn't make sense. I'm in the greatest difficulty of my life, but see it as an opportunity to experience my greatest joy. Well, it sounds to me like God already knows something in advance. And what he's trying to do is get you up to his level and see things from his perspective because he already knows the outcome. So he says, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. So sometimes difficulties 
produce the greatest joys in our lives, right? God specializes in working things out that are bad. He specializes in turning those things into something very good. And I just want to highlight something in my own life. Ten years ago, we were doing a 40 Days of Faith campaign at a different church. 40 Days of Faith. We're the pastors of the church. Highest time of our lives. We had just paid off a building. We had just paid off land. How many of you know things are just going, boom, I mean, God is good. Right in the middle of that 40 Days of Faith campaign, we get kicked out the building. Real, real life, right? It's a praise God, right? God is saying in that moment, see that as one of the greatest joys you could ever experience. Because God knows something about that. How I many know stuff's not just happening to you just to happen? Sometimes these difficulties are taking you on a journey somewhere far greater than what you thought you wanted. So now watch this. Ten years later, we're doing a 40 Days of Faith campaign again. And on last week, I received the greatest call I could have ever received in my life. And I'll just let that simmer for a minute. So, so, so 10 years ago, and I'm going to show you why it takes 10 years to get from there to here. I'll, prove, I'll show you all of this, right? Because what you want is the blessing. What God wants is character. And how many know you don't get that overnight? And you don't get that without going through things. Ten years ago, worst call of my life. Ten years later, best call of my life. Okay? Let's keep traveling. So now, for you know. Now, this word know here is a Greek word, ganasko, and it means to perceive or understand. So you got to have some inside information. For you know, watch this now. That your faith, pistis there, so now we're talking about moral credence, we're talking about trust, we're talking about the Word of God, is tested. So, so he's not, your enemy is not coming after you, he's coming after what you believe. And you don't even know, it's not about you proving something to God. I mean, you need to prove to yourself whether or not you really believe it. Because you don't know until it gets tested. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you, watch this, to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it releases perfection. Now, this word endurance here is a word hupomone, and it means cheerful endurance. So it's not just that I'm going through something, I'm going through it with a smile on my face. I'm talking about lint in my pocket, and I'm like, boy, let me treat you to lunch today with nothing. Come on, somebody. It's like I'm going through it, but I already know the outcome of it, right? So it's a cheerful endurance. Watch this. It is a patient continuance while waiting. So it's not just that I'm waiting on God. How many know I continue in faith while I'm waiting on God? And what does that look like? This continuance looks like I continue to get in the Word every single day. Because, see, you're locating yourself. When you let that test rock you and you start saying, God, why did you let this happen? God, where were you? God, I tired. I mean, it was showing you where you're really at on that situation. 
right? But, but, but the one that's really growing and trying to develop, they're going to go right back to the foundation of what they believed in the first place. They're going to go right back to the Word of God, believe that Word. Come on, somebody. They confess that Word. They're going to speak it. Then they're going to act on that Word, and then they're going to make sure that they walk in love the entire time while they're going through the difficulty. And they're going to do that with a sense of joy and cheerfulness about them because they know they're coming out victorious on the other side. When you can keep your joy, it is a strong indicator that your faith is strong. When you can walk in love and stop blaming people and saying that everything is everyone else's fault, it is a strong indication that you are staying on course to manifest what God has already provided for you. Now, watch this. Notice, if you don't learn how to endure, he can't release and cause you to grow to a level of perfection or maturity or moral character until you make a decision to grow in the current difficulty that you're in. See, you want the outcome. God wants to develop your character. Now, watch this. God could have did everything we're walking in right now 10 years ago. But you know why he didn't? My character wasn't developed enough to sustain it. So God said, let me grow you up a little bit. Because where I'm taking you, you're going to need more character than what you currently have. Because, see, he can get it to you any, at any time. So it's not about his ability. It's about can I really handle what's coming into my life? And will I use it for his glory? So, so God said, let me grow you up. So we're going to start all the way from the bottom. We're going to go mobile. And you all going to pack every single day. So what you all couldn't see was my wife and I, we, would, we went out and rented a van, and, and we would load the van at nighttime. And so not to be a burden on the volunteers, we tell the volunteers to just drive their cars to our home, and the van will already be packed, and you just get in and drive over to the West End, right? Then we tell them to pack it at the West End, drive it back to our house, just leave it, get back in your car because you've been volunteering all day long, and then we'll unpack it at night. Then the deacons after service on Sunday and everybody else would come over to our house and then they count at the table. So our house was the office and the storage room. And we park our cars outside. See, a lot of you all want big things, but you don't want to go through anything to get it. You don't want to get your hands dirty. You don't, you don't want to get gritty and you don't want to do the work and the action necessary to manifest what you're believing for. So God walked us all through that while at the same time developing character because what was more important to God was not what he could give us, but what we could become. All right. Let's look at Psalms 34, 19. Well, let's finish reading the rest of that, right? So moral character, faith, so into every part of your being, watch this. Until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. A lot of times when we read that, we go the cheaper route. And we think nothing missing and nothing lacking is the car I drive and the house that I live in. That's the cheaper route. When God is talking about nothing, nothing missing and nothing lacking, it means that you have character and you have joy and you operate in the fruits of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. Because that's the stuff that can't nobody take from you. 
And when you get that, the cars, the houses, the, none of that stuff don't even mean anything. You'll just see that as something to bless somebody else with. You'll say, God, is this for me or are you trying to get this through me and get this to somebody else? Because you've now figured out the secret in life. Is that, am I beautiful on the inside? Am I growing on the inside? Because if I grow on the inside, how many know it's going to take care of everything on the outside? Let's read Psalms 34, 19 out of the Amplified. And we're talking about faith in action here. So a lot of times we get saved and we think, oh, man, everything's getting ready to be great. Newsflash. You just signed up for a war. You just enlisted in an army. And there will be many battles to fight along the way. <laughs> the difference before you signed up for this army is you had to go through those battles alone. Now that you signed up for this army, God goes through these battles with you. And let me tell you something. If God is going through it with you, there's no doubt how you're coming out on the other side. Come on, can somebody go ahead and give God just a praise down payment on the victory you know he's already provided? Come on, let's keep traveling. Psalms 34, 19, the Amplified says this, many hardships and perplexing circumstances confront the righteous. How many? Many. Many hardships and perfecting, per, per, perplexing circumstances confront the righteous. Watch this. But the Lord rescues him from, or her from them all. The, ampli or the King James Version says the Lord delivers him or her from them all. What's left after all? So, so if I'm righteous, right, which simply means I obey God, so it's assumed that that person walks and lives by faith. That, that's the assumption that's being made here. I can also make the assumption that if I know I'm right with God, I'm going to come out of this victorious on the other side. So I need to stop all of this whining, stop all of this crying, stop all of this complaining, and get over into some joy and some praising and some giving God glory and keeping a good attitude. Come on, somebody, and walking in love and keeping everything aligned so he can do what I already know he said he's going to do in my life. So many are the hardships, but it's not one that the Lord doesn't deliver us from. It's not in your notes, but non-believers don't have that same experience. When they get into the action of spiritual warfare, they are ill-equipped because for them, faith is called missing in action. It's MIA. They rely on sheer willpower on their intelligence or their sparks. But spiritual warfare isn't won by willpower, intelligence, or smarts. It's won by faith. And I don't know about you, but my Bible still says it's not by power nor by might, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So as a believer, you've got to get over in this kingdom, living in kingdom mindset that, man, I'm not going unless I go with God. I don't want it unless it came from God. And if God can't keep me, I can't be kept. John 16, the Amplified reads this way. John 16, the Amplified, powerful uh, here, text here, red letter edition. Jesus said, I told you these things. So, so he's saying to his disciples, I'm telling you something that you're going to need. And he says, I told you these things so that in me, you may have perfect peace. Now, in him is what he's talking about. 
And this word peace here is a Greek word, irony. And it's talking about prosperity. It's talking about quietness. It's talking about rest. It's talking about to be set at one again. So he says, as long as you stay in me, in me, you can experience prosperity, quietness, rest, and be set at one again. But he didn't stop there. He said, but in the world, you will have tribulation and distress and suffering. But be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. There's that filled with joy again. For I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished and my victory is abiding. Come on, somebody. So, so then this tells you when you get out of whack and out of sorts, you've probably gotten out of him. Now you're trying to deal with these things without him. You're trying to do it by your own smarts, your own intelligence, and your own willpower. And it's setting you right away from experiencing peace, rest, quietness, prosperity, to be set at one again. And you can do a self-inventory and a self-evaluation right now to locate, see where you're at. And it's probably an indication of whether or not you're doing this in him or you're doing this in you. Ask your neighbor, are you doing this in him or are you doing this in you? And then answer each other. And then pray for them if they say it in me. Pray for them right now. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Let's keep traveling. All right, so now, interesting words here. The word overcome here, notice what he said, I have overcome the world. Watch this now. Don't miss this. There's so much revelation in this. He didn't say you have overcome the world. He said, I have overcome the world. Watch this now. And if you stay in me, then you have overcome the world. You all see the difference there? And so if you, don't, if you miss that little bit, right, you, and you can confess that all you want to, but if you don't really live that, you'll see the results of which one of those, which side of that you're on. Let's keep traveling here, okay? That word overcome is the word Nikeo, where we get our English word Nike or Nike, uh, and it means to subdue, to conquer, to overcome, and prevail, to get the victory. So, so Christ has gotten that for you in every area of your life. Anything that you're facing right now, anything that you're facing the future, he's already won that for you. He's done his job. Your job is just to stay in him. You know what? I feel like I'm making the devil so mad right now. Can, can the saints of God just go ahead and give God another good praise in this place? I like making him mad. Come on, let the devil know he can't have your joy right now. Come on, put a big smile on your face and, and just say hallelujah, glory to God. God is good. Let's read 1 John 5, 4 out of the Amplified. Now, again, revelation knowledge is in this verse. Amplified says, for everyone born of God. What's left after everyone? No one, right? For everyone born of God is what? And what? So everyone born of God is victorious, not going to be victorious, is victorious and overcomes the world. Not going to overcome the world has overcome the world. Watch this. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world. Here's the revelation. Our continuing persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. 
See, a lot of us, now this is going to give you some indication of why your life might be up, down, start, stop. Key words in there are these in the Amplified, continuing persistent faith. See, this is the person that gets up every day and spends time in the Word of God and has a prayer life. Right? And they do this every single day, whether it's raining or whether the sun is outside, whether things are going great or whether they're in difficulties. They, get, they are persistent and consistent in their faith. Then after they spend time in the Word of God, they speak it out of their mouths. They say it, right? And then after they say it out of their mouths, they think about what can I do today to act on what I read, what I studied, and what I spoke out of my mouth. And then they look to develop their love walk. So when they leave out of that house, they are persistent in making sure that they're walking in love with the world around them. How many know we cannot pick and choose who we want to love and operate in a great faith? Come on, I, I can't say I love them, but I don't like them. See, that, see how that, it went, boy, it went, whoop, it just went right there. Right? I, 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 how, how many of y'all are still working on that? You can't see somebody coming and say. <laughs> how many of us are still working on that, right? We can't go to work and then have our crew, right, our, who we hang out with, and then everybody else we don't like. That's not God-like. You know, the ones you need to grow around are the ones you don't get along with because they're going to help develop your faith and develop your love walk. Right? Single people don't get married if you don't want to develop your love walk because you're going to have opportunities all day, every day, multiple times a day to walk in love. Come on, married people. Don't leave, don't leave me out here by myself. Right? But then you keep growing and developing that. You get to a place where you don't have to work that hard anymore, where we get each other. We know each other. Right? So, 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 so now... Where, where are you at on that? See, see, if you're, you, I'm in church, then I'm not in church. That's not consistent and persistent. I go to church once a month. That's not consistent and persistent. I read my Bible. I hear the Bible when they teach it on Sundays. That's not consistent and persistent. I give when I'm in trouble. That's not consistent and persistent. So if you see your life up and down, it'll help you understand why you're not consistently walking in victory and consistently overcoming the challenges and difficulties in your life. See, what God is after is consistency. What you want is instant blessing. And any parent knows I'm not going to give you something that's going to make you worse. Any good parent. You all still with me out there? So what is God after? Consistency and persistence. Is that you? Say I'm, at least say I'm working on it. Don't say nothing. Don't just look at me like that. I asked the question, is that you? Somebody said, yeah, but somebody said, say something. I'm working on it, Pastor. Say I'm working on it. What are you working on? What does that look like to you? Get up every single day. Spend time in the Word of God in prayer. Right? And what I want to do, I want to believe that. Then I want to speak that out of my mouth. Then I want to act on that. 
then I want to make sure my love walk is tight. Regardless of whether or not I'm in, on, on the mountaintop or in the valley, I got to learn how to be the same regardless of what life is throwing at me. All right, you all still with me out there? So we overcome our troubles in this world by the faith that God has given us. Let's talk about three important keys here. Number one, faith is a action word, right? So watch James chapter 2, verse 17. I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation, and it reads this way. It says, so then faith that doesn't involve action is what? And we don't like those kind of people, do we? We don't like people who do a lot of talking and don't ever do anything. At least where I come from, I can't run with that kind of individual that does talk all the time but won't ever do nothing. Right? And, and so phony. That's called a phony faith. Let's read another verse here. James chapter 2, verse 26. And the Passion Translation says, Just as the human body without the spirit is a dead corpse, so faith without the expression of good works is dead. Notice faith without the expression of good works, corresponding actions is dead. Now, if you've ever been privileged to be in the room when somebody has ex expired, it's really a, a beautiful thing to see because you get to see the Bible lived out in action, right? I, I had the privilege of being in the room with my mother when she breathed her last breath. It was just a wonderful moment. It was great to be with my mother in her last minutes, right? And we were holding hands. And I mean, a lot of times they can't respond to you. They can't say anything, but they can hear you. Right, and so she would just squeeze my hand. Certain things I would say to her, she would squeeze my hand. And I was making certain commitments to her. I was making commitments about my wife, my children, God. I was making sure she knew that, that what she put in me and what she raised me to be, I, that legacy was going to live on. And you don't have to worry about that. I'm going to live in honor of you for the rest of my life, right? And so uh, it was almost after I said that, you could see she relaxed a little bit. Watch this. And she coughed three times. She went... <coughs> On that last call, you could sense her spirit leave her body. And the body went limp. But you could clearly see something left the body. If you're watching this, you could see whatever was keeping that body alive left. And if anyone in the medical field, they'll understand what I'm getting ready to say. Uh, when a person dies, what the medical profession says is they expire. And that's what they put on the toe tag, expired on whatever at whatever particular time. And they will tell you, the doctors will tell you, whatever was keeping that body alive has left. So this should comfort all of us as believers to know that we never die. We just transition from this life to the next. But what was interesting in that moment was her spirit hovered around the room for several minutes. It was like when she called, it was like, and the spirit was hovering around the room. And then it was this last, and she took flight. That's a beautiful thing to witness, right? Beautiful, right? And so whatever was keeping her body alive now was a corpse. It had no more expression. It couldn't squeeze my hand anymore. No longer that body couldn't hear anything that I was saying. It lost all expression when that spirit left. Do you understand what he's saying? When your faith does not have actions, 
It has no expression, just like this jacket. This is a beautiful uh, jacket here, probably a Canali suit or something like that that Minister Johnny, probably some kind of Italian suit uh, that he's wearing. But, but notice, this jacket has no expression. It's just a jacket. None at all. And that's all that jacket can do until a body goes into it. And so what gives the jacket expression is the body. That's fit and in shape. Come on. That's how a good tailor will do you right here. Now, now, notice the expression that this jacket has now, because he looks like a, a model on a New York runway right now. Go ahead and give, give that jacket expression right now. Go on and walk that out, boy. Go, on, go ahead and walk that out. Go ahead and walk that out. Now, stop right there and give a little spin or something. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, bring it all the way back. Bring it all the way back. Come on. Come on. Yeah. 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 There we go. There we go. <laughs> Praise God. So, so, so notice, what gave that jacket expression was a body. But when there was no body in that jacket, that jacket had no expression and couldn't do anything. So that's, thank you, sir. I know somebody is saying, well, why didn't he get, anybody he calls up, he always gives money to. Well, he gets his on the 1st and the 15th. <laughs> Every month. <laughs> and, and so if you understand what he's saying here when you have faith but you have no action the faith that you have is dead it cannot do anything it's not operative until you put some action to it and a lot of times that's our issue we want to be great but we don't want to do anything I didn't say that. Somebody preaching with me out there. I didn't say that. But if that shoe fit, put that, put that mug on and tie it up tight and keep walking, right? So, so a lot of times we want great. See, we want this, but do you want the 10 years that it took to get here? Do you want all the hard work that went into this? Huh? Do you want that, right? Do you want to set up and break down for four years in a mobile state to get here? Do you want to operate out of three different locations just to get here? Most people don't want to do that. They just want to get here. And what God's saying is it's going to require something on your part. See, it might be going back to school. It might be learning a trade or a skill. Come on, somebody. See, if you want to be great, learn how to be great. And then learn from those who've already been great in the area that you want to be great in. Get mentors. Get a blueprint. You don't need to have FaceTime with people. They write books. They publish things. They have podcasts. Come on, somebody. You can sit right in front of them, have a face-to-face one-on-one, and never, ever meet them through a book or a podcast or some kind of information that's out there. The only thing I'm telling you, if you keep doing what you've been doing, you'll keep getting what you currently have. You will get nothing different until you do something different. Can I get five people to give God glory for that? Again? Come on, somebody. It's insanity to think I'm going to get there by doing this. I got to do this and something different to get there. 
So James was the half-brother of Jesus, and he devoted half a chapter in his letter to his fellow believers to explain that if action is missing in their faith, then all they have is a dead faith. Now, of course, we've learned, and I've been talking about it today in previous sessions, that although faith is a single Bible truth, and it is an individual spiritual force, it has several parts to it. So I want you to think about a motor vehicle or motor car. Faith can be compared to that. When you think about a motor car, it's a single unit that functions as an integrated mechanical machine. Yet it has several basic components such as an engine, a body, wheels, and a steering mechanism. The different parts or foundation of real Bible faith, as we've been talking about, are these. Faith believes, faith speaks, faith acts, and then faith works by love. Any one of these individual components of faith alone doesn't constitute complete faith. So if you do any of them by themselves, your faith is not complete. No more than if all you have is an engine, you don't have a complete car. Everybody clear on that? So when I'm thinking about operating in faith, are all four of these components a part of what I'm doing in order for that faith to function and operate at a high level? All right, everybody clear? Let's keep traveling. Action is what we're talking about today. Let's look at James 2, 21 and 22 out of the New Living Testament, New Living Translation. It says, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions? How was he shown to be right with God? When he offered Isaac his son on the altar, you see his faith and his actions worked together. Watch this. And his actions made his faith complete. You all see that? What made his faith complete? See, are your actions lining up with what you believe? I want a godly man. What am I doing then? Don't point at your friend. She, she said. Let's everybody stretch their hands toward the middle, right? You, you know they're good friends right there. She said. In the club. <laughs> That's why I love the 11 o'clock service. Boy, you just get real in here, right? See, see, I'm believing God to be debt free. And then what am I really doing? See, that, that, those two aren't aligned. So my faith is not complete because my actions aren't agreeing with that. See, I'm believing God to get healthy. What are, we, what are we doing? Somebody says, stopping by Popeye's chicken on my way home today. That chicken is finger licking good. I don't care nothing about what you're talking about, Pastor. You all see, see what we do? So, so notice the faith can't be complete until the action. Something I wrote down here, so evidently faith without actions is an incomplete faith. So faith isn't complete until it has the component of action added to it. 
Uh, I grew up catching the bus. Did anyone, anyone in here ever caught the bus before? I grew up catching the bus. Yeah, I, and multiple buses too. Anybody know about a transfer? You get that transfer so you can get off that bus and get on another bus, right? And so every now and then, right, uh, you know, you're on time, but the bus got there a little early. Ever, anybody ever been there before? You're on time. You're like, dog, there's the bus. A couple of ways you can respond, and this is kind of how I thought about it. You can't, you know, wake up, pray to catch the bus, and then stroll down the street. <laughs> you ever seen those guys, right, bus coming, and they still just, <laughs> it'll be there when I get there. It'll be there. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? You ever seen those guys right there? Bus coming, man. You're like, come on, man. They're like, man, I ain't getting ready to run after no bus like that. I, ain't. I got these new J's on, man. Or oh, whatever they're whatever they doing, right? So watch this. Now, you can't pray to watch the bus or catch the bus and then stroll down the street. Watch this. You have to pray to catch the bus and then run as fast as you can. Did you all hear what I just said? All right, let's keep developing that. Then if you miss the bus, watch this. That means you prayed, ran as fast as you can. If you miss the bus, your position has to be this. That wasn't my bus. Boy, you missed it. I'm telling you, you missed it right there. Why? Because you did everything that you could do. And sometimes, folks, rejection is God's protection. And if you don't take the posture that if I miss that one, him or her, it or them, God has something better for me. Now, watch this. I developed it a little further. So, so if you don't run, that could, that could have been your bus. See, you missed it because you didn't run. If you don't pray, that could have been your bus. You missed it because you didn't pray. So what's the moral of this story? The goal is to pray as hard as you can and run as fast as you can and then leave the results up to God. Number two. Let's get to number two. Here's a description of dead faith. Here's a description of dead faith. And it looks a lot like living faith. A letter D's A through E. Letter A, dead faith claims that it believes God's word. Notice it claims it. Letter B, but its claimed belief is only a mental assent to the word of God. How many of y'all know people that can quote it all day long and never live anything? Letter C, dead faith will even speak. It makes all the right noises. You ever heard people tell you the word of God? And you're thinking to yourself, well, wow. <laughs> dead faith refuses to act on God's word. See, they'll do things like this. You'll tell it to them, but they'll say, I know what the word of God says, but what about my situation? But. Do you still really think that applies to today? God knows my heart, but God knows my heart. Dead faith doesn't feel obligated to love all people. It picks and it chooses. Love her, hate him. 
How many of know that's a dead faith? If it's living, it loves all people. So from a distance, dead faith looks and sounds the same as real Bible faith. Yet it misses the vital component of corresponding action, which means it's only a dead faith instead of a living, functioning faith. Okay? Let me remind you, James 2.26, the Amplified says, For just as the human body is without the spirit is dead, so the faith without works of obedience is also dead. Works of obedience is what the Amplified described. Works of obedience. So our work is to obey God. All right? So let me go back to that story, right? Ten years ago, most devastating news of our lives. In our mind, we're doing great. Man, life is rolling. We get bad news. Ten years ago. Ten years ago. Ten years later, we get the best news of our life. Okay? So let me kind of, in a short way, make sure you all understand what this looks like sometimes. God could have done everything that he's done for us now back then. But what he was after was the development of our character. So that when we get here, we wouldn't embarrass him. Because I mean, a lot of times we put God in a lot of stuff that he's not in. We put Jesus on a lot of stuff that he's not in. And what if Jesus just came to us and said, keep my name <laughs> out your <laughs> And then looked at you again. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. That's right. Keep my out your my. What if guys, what if Jesus came to us and just said, keep my name? Because you put me in some stuff that I don't have nothing to do with. Something to think about, right? Things that make us go, oh, my Arsenio Hall. Old school, late night talk show. All right? And so let me make sure you all understand what that looks like. So now... At the beginning of this year, we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting. And in 21 days of prayer and fasting, I write down some specific things. And I said, I'm going to put my name on this. So it's clear I wrote this. Okay? And so one of them had to do with this building. Okay? And so I don't know when we did it, six weeks ago. I don't know, back in, when did we put this on the market? Some four weeks ago, something like six weeks. We'll say six weeks. Now, let me help you all understand something. When we put this on the market, we don't have nowhere to go. <laughs> nowhere to go. True story. I took this church and I threw us so far out in the ocean, we can't get back. So much so, the broker called me and said, Pastor, if you sell it, where are you all going to go? <laughs> True story. <laughs> True story. Right? So, so I put it on the market by faith. Last week, I got the call I've been dreaming about. 
I'm trying to help somebody in here. Because all of that stuff you've been dreaming about, all of that stuff you've been imagining, it's been God is the one that's been showing that to you. But he can't get you to move. He can't get you to act. He can't get you to do anything that takes you in that direction. So we took this with nowhere to go. And that's all I can talk about up to this point. Because how many of y'all know it's a due diligence period? And, and you got to get through that due diligence period. Because some of this sounds too good to be true. Because yeah. it's not like I haven't had conversations with multiple people along these lines and we were told, no, we don't do that. But God. So can anybody for about 10 seconds just go ahead and, come on, just go ahead, get ahead of this thing with me. Come on, go ahead and rejoice and give God glory in advance for me. Huh? I heard somebody say, I'm about five seconds away. Five, four, three, two, one. Come on, one more time. Just go ahead and... Give God a crazy praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But, but watch this, though. Watch this. If we never throw the church out on the ocean, this opportunity never opens up. And I need you to get this. When we threw it in the ocean... We didn't have anywhere to go. Why are you putting it on the market, Pastor? There's nothing for sale that I know of. But how many you know my ways are not his ways, and my thoughts are not his thoughts? The only thing I understand, though, is what positioned us was the action. And if we would have never acted, I don't get that phone call last week. Let's close with number three. We must mix the word we hear with faith. You all getting anything out of this today? How many of y'all can say to yourself, I know it's time for me to stop sitting around talking about what I'm going to do, talking about what God, it's time for me to stop talking and start acting and start doing something. Glory to God. You can be whatever you dream to be. You can do whatever you, whatever God placed in your heart to do. You can do it. You can walk in it. You can have it. It can, can belong to you. Only thing that's stopping you is you. We must mix the word we hear with faith. Whenever we hear the word of God proclaimed, God wants us to mix that word with faith, which means I'm going to, every time I hear it, I'm going to believe it, I'm going to speak it, I'm going to act on it, and I'm going to walk in love. Let's read Hebrews 4 and 2, Amplified Classic says, for indeed, we have all or we've had glad tidings or gospel of God, good news proclaimed to us just as truly they did. The Israelites of old, when the good news of deliverance from bondage came to them, 
But the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith. Why didn't it benefit them? Because it wasn't mixed with faith. With the leaning of the entire personality of God and absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness by those who heard it. Neither were they united in faith with the ones Joshua and Caleb who heard and did believe. Okay, and so I'm not going to take the time today to, to read all of that. The speaking of the Israelites who heard the word of deliverance preached to them along with the promise of entering into the promised land. Even though they heard the word proclaimed, they refused again to mix faith with it. Again, in this context, that means they didn't believe it, they didn't speak it, they didn't act on it, and they did not walk in love. So the end result of that is everyone, that entire country, everyone 20 years and older, died in the wilderness and never ever experienced the promised land that was promised to all of them. Abraham sent 12 spies out. 10 came back with a bad report. And their bad report was simply this. God said, that's your land. I'm giving you that land. They said, we're not able to overcome that land. And see, that's what we do. We look at our circumstances. We look at our background. We look at where we came from. And we determine about ourselves that we're not able to do something that God said that we can do. And then they turned around and said, we are as grasshoppers in their sight. Now, what can you learn from that? They said that we are as grasshoppers in their sight. What you can learn from that, because they saw themselves as grasshoppers, they were grasshoppers. Never, ever, ever underestimate that your enemy will always see you the way you see yourself. So the more you say you can't, and the more you talk about what you can't do, you are giving him fuel to keep taking you out. And then Joshua and Caleb said this, we are well able to overcome that land. Well able. And then he said, they are bread for our food. So now watch this. I didn't share this in the first service. So then the bad report of the 10 people caused Joshua and Caleb to have to wander in the wilderness for 40 more years. That part, yeah, for 40 more years while God let all of them die off. So, so clearly then Caleb or Joshua, Caleb said later on, he says, my strength is today as it was yesterday. And there, were, and there were giants on that mountain, and he's now 85 years old. What are you talking about at 60? He was 85 years old. And he said, give me my mountain. And he went on there and started kicking all them giants off of his mountain. So, so what kept his faith strong for 40 more years? He got up every day, and he believed the word of God. He spoke it out of his mouth. That's our mountain. The promised land belongs to us. Come on, somebody. He acted on that and kept doing things that kept that dream alive in him. And he walked in love. Hmm? For 40 years, right? Yeah, so, so, so think. She's preaching with me. So, 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 so think about it for a moment. See, we'll wait 40 minutes. And if it don't happen, it must not have been God. Come on, I'm preaching better than anybody saying amen in here right now. We'll wait 40 minutes, and if it don't happen, this man was willing to keep doing. And he stayed with it until he manifested it. 
I'm going to close here. It's 12.15 on that clock. I've been disciplining myself. I'm trying to discipline myself. Make sure I stop with 15 minutes every week before the service is over. So my challenge to you today, there are other verses. You can go read what I just verbally shared with you. All right? And so the conclusion here today is never forget that faith is an action word. How many of y'all know you need to do something different than what you've been doing? See, see, for me, it was worth getting off social media. I said, that's time I can spend build, keeping my faith strong. And part of this is connected to that. I'm, I'm not getting back on until certain things manifest. Because I want that more than I want to be scrolling. Wasting just, just. Can't even drive no more today. One hand on the wheel. Can't even listen to a whole message today. So we sit in church. Oh, that one right there. I shouldn't have did. That's picking with people, isn't it? Is that pick? I apologize. I'm sorry. But if the shoe fit, go on and put that mug on and wear that right on out of here proudly, right? That's where we are today. See, the devil keeps us so distracted that we can't focus on anything. He keeps us so entertained that we can't grow. You know what the word entertain means? To not think. All right, I'm done for the day. So what's your faith project, right? Let's all stand to our feet. Your faith project for this week is it's time to step out on faith. So I'm challenging you this week to commit to some action. Now, listen, we've said this before, but I'm adding something to it. Listen to this. Some action that clearly demonstrates that you believe God. Listen to the rest of this. Obey him at a level that doesn't allow you to go backwards or compromise your belief. See, I threw us so far out there that we could not come back. And I said to God, either you can do this or it can't be done. But we need to build more stuff for our empowered kids. I started telling we, we space is running out, parking is jammed. Other, we're, we're invading the other businesses on the side of us, those relationships. I said, God, it's time for us to do something. We need to reach more people. I'm challenging you to do something like that. I didn't tell you what to do. Only God can tell you that part. Number two, decide in your heart that you will not quit. Even when your faith is tested, be determined to continue until you reach your desired end result. How many of y'all are going to do those two things this week? All right, come on, let's lift our hands to the Father. And I just want everyone in the room to just begin to worship him right now based off of what you heard. And I want you to locate yourself right now. Do a self-inventory. Where are you in your faith walk? Where are you in your relationship with God? How strong is your faith? Is your faith alive or is your faith phony? Where are you at today? And I want you to be honest with yourself. Make the adjustments within your heart. Say, you know what? Today is getting ready to be the first day of the rest of my life. And I'm getting ready to get myself aligned with what I believe. 
Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died, rose from the grave, and He is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text get connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week and we look forward to connecting with you.